Hello and welcome back to episode 5 of the Voice Over Talks podcast, season 2. These are short, bite-sized episodes that focus on a specific topic each week to hopefully provide some actionable advice and tips that you can take away to start implementing straight away into your own voiceover careers. Now, this week I want to focus on something that's bothered me for a number of years now and is probably going to be a bit controversial in parts, but something that I think could really benefit a lot of voiceover artists who currently aren't making things easy for themselves. So if it does feel like a bit of a rant, I am sorry, but I genuinely think that this can help so many people out there. This week, I want to talk about the difference between an audio editor and a true digital audio workstation, or a DAW. Now, when I say audio editor, I'm mainly referring to one in particular that many people use or are familiar with when starting out, and that is Audacity. Now, contrary to what many people claim, Audacity is not a digital audio workstation, or a DAW. It is an audio editor with a few DAW-like features. Now, there are many differences between the two, but I'll go over some of the main ones here. So an audio editor only allows for what's known as destructive editing, which essentially means that when you make changes to your audio, these changes are permanent and cannot be undone or removed without reverting back to the original file. So let's say, for example, you've recorded some audio for a client in Audacity and you've gone through to edit out mistakes and edit out breaths and you've applied some noise reduction and some compression and some EQ, etc. Now, Let's say the client comes back to you and says, this sounds great, except the EQ pass is a little heavy or that they didn't want any compression applied or maybe the end of a word was cut off slightly. So because an audio editor like Audacity uses destructive editing, you can't just go back in and turn the compressor off or pull out the section of the audio where the end of a word was cut off. Those changes have been baked into the file. And so you have to go back to the very first recording, providing you've made a separate save at that stage and go through all these processes again, which is incredibly time consuming, it's inefficient, and it really restricts your ability to fine tune your ears and your skills as an audio engineer, which, as we all know, in this day and age in the industry, you need to be. So what is non-destructive editing then? Well, essentially, this means that for any changes you make, the processing is all done virtually and the original file is never altered. So no matter how many edits you make, say you've gone through an hour of audio and you've cut out all the mistakes and the breaths and at the end you realise that you accidentally cut a, a word out from a section, you can just scroll back to that section and drag the audio clip to open it out again and the original audio is all right there. You don't need to re-record anything. You don't need to faff around trying to cut and paste sections or, or words back in. And with non-destructive editing, because everything is done in a virtual sense, non-destructive editing allows you to hear all of your processing and your effects or even to make changes and edits on the fly literally during audio playback. So you can be listening to your audio playback while you're a few steps ahead cutting and moving audio around and you can hear all these changes in real time. You can, you can turn your compressor or EQ on and off and you can play around with all your settings and sliders and you can hear those changes playing out in real time. And this really allows you to tune your ears and get a much better understanding of what you're doing when you're applying all these effects and, and processes. And it just gives you a much better understanding of what your process chain is doing and how to fine tune it perfectly to your own setup or to whatever specific project you're working on. Now, I've probably not explained this in the easiest way to understand. It's quite hard to describe it 
uh, without visually being able to show you. But I promise you that making the switch to a true door will be an absolute game changer for your workflow, for your productivity, and for your technical skills and ability. It'll speed up your editing process tenfold. So if you do audiobooks or long-form narration and you're still using Audacity, you will save yourself countless, countless hours. Everyone that I've spoken to who has made the switch from Audacity to something like Pro Tools or Adobe Audition or, or Reaper has said that they cannot believe how they ever worked without non-destructive editing. Now, all of this is not to say that Audacity is completely useless or redundant. I still use Audacity as part of my workflow for certain projects where I'll use my door for the non-destructive, real-time precision editing and processing and will then export to Audacity for a final pass of normalization and limiting. But for the actual editing and production process, you absolutely cannot beat a true door. And this might sound a bit pedantic or probably controversial, but for me, if you're stating on your website or a spec sheet to clients that your door is audacity, for me, that doesn't give a good impression. It's, it's a freebie piece of software with very limited features, and it doesn't do you any favors if you are trying to stand out as the professional that you want to be seen as. And it comes back to this idea that we spoke about in, in an episode on, on season one of the podcast where some studios will not even consider you for work unless you have a Neumann TLM-103 or equivalent, which is a sad but true fact. Not all studios by any means. It's a select few that I've seen. But it is starting to happen more and more. And that's not because anything else isn't able to produce the same quality. Uh, of course it is. It's simply the fact that in an industry that is now so crowded and is so competitive, where they haven't got time to go through 200 auditions for a job, having something like a TLM-103 shows to them that you are more likely to be a serious voice actor rather than someone new to the industry or a hobbyist, for example. Regardless of audio quality or skill, right from the start before they've even had to do any listening, it makes you look like a more serious contender because of that level of investment in your career. It whittles down that pull to a much more manageable level of people who are, in their eyes, perhaps more likely to be at the professional level that they're looking for. And of course, 90% of studios out there, they won't care what you're using as long as it sounds good. But there are more and more now that are demanding high-spec gear and equipment before they will even consider you. Just because the industry is so competitive now and they just don't have the time to look at every single candidate. And so it's just another way to whittle down that huge, huge pool of people into a more manageable base of talent that they can look to. And in my view, right or wrong, publicly listing a very basic free program like Audacity as your studio software doesn't scream serious professional to me. And I know that's probably a very controversial statement. There, are, there will be thousands of, of voice actors out there who do use Audacity, who are true professionals. What I'm saying is that at a first glance, if that's all someone has to go by, it doesn't give the best first impression. So my advice, if you are still using Audacity, is to make the switch to a true door. And the cost of a true digital audio workstation doesn't have to be expensive. I mean, I really don't like the Adobe Audition model where you pay a monthly subscription to use the software. You're tied into that for life, and that gets very expensive. But there are very affordable options out there. Reaper, for example, you can get a free trial of Reaper for a few weeks. But for a non-commercial license, which still allows you to make up to $20,000 per year, 
a non-commercial license for Reaper is only $60. And that's literally for life. And in my opinion, Reaper is one of the most powerful and customizable doors out there on the market. It's an incredible piece of kit. And for $60, it's an absolute steal. And if you do need to upgrade to a commercial license, if you're making more than $20,000 from voiceover a year, then a commercial license is only about $300. So it's a very, very small investment, but one that will speed up your editing tenfold. Your productivity will increase and you will learn to become a better producer for your own audio. There is a pretty steep learning curve with them. They can be quite intimidating when you first look at one, but they are designed primarily for uh, music production and all sorts of other uh, audio production, not just voiceover. But there are thousands of guides and tutorials out there, and Mike Delgadio, or uh, Booth Junkie as he's known on YouTube, has some incredible tutorials uh, on Reaper specifically for voiceover. So you can learn the basics very, very quickly in a very simple way. And like many others who have made the switch, you'll soon wonder how you ever worked without it. That's all for this week. My apologies if this has seemed like a bit of a rant. It's uh, just something that's bugged me for quite a while and I wanted to set the record straight with regards to what is and what isn't a door because I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there about it. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. If you're new to the series, be sure to go back and check out Series 1 where I interview a new guest from the world of voiceover every week and discuss their unique journeys into the world of voiceover. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the podcast where there's a new episode every week. I'm Scott Tunnicks. You can find me at tunnicksvo.com or you can follow me on Twitter at Scott Tunnicks or Instagram via tunnicks underscore vo. And I'll catch you next time.